Thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, we just talked a bit. We just touched base off camera about the, um, you know, the whole thing about WWE and and how they brand themselves. I'm really interested in the fact that you know I saw a boxing fight. Um, it was the Chris Eubank fight, and they knocked on Chris Eubank's door uh, before uh, as he was coming in. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this, right? So they knocked on his door, no answer, and um, they knocked it again. Chris and and, it, and and then he came out like a like a wrestler would, and this is for the ring walk. This is for the ring walk, yeah. yeah. And we've had you know, we've had Big Mo on, and he's a he's a boxing presenter, and he's talked a little bit about this. But I want to know your thoughts on that. Felt like a wrestling setup. It felt like a rest. It felt, it felt like they'd taken that and gone the the, the kind of hype and the media build behind wrestling. We're going to take that now and put it into boxing. Yeah. Th- those things for me is a theatre. Yeah, I was going to say it's a theatrical kind of drama around it. So, like for me, when my mm. uh, wrestling was, you know, that, that's I've loved that since I was a little kid. That's the thing that I've always you loved. as a fan, as a, yeah. as a fan, as yeah. a fan, right? And so it was always those moments. I think back to matches I'd see years ago where it was always that backstage moment, the stuff you weren't supposed to see when you're seeing, I know, Shawn Michaels walking to the ring, oh, and, and what WWE would do, they put this little soft bass, so you'd feel it. And it was those moments for me as a kid. I was like. God, this is amazing. Yeah. And so, from a, from a production standpoint, you're watching that and, you're, and you're, you're, you're being taken behind the scenes the way you don't normally get to see and then there's a knock on the door and it was more than likely planned. That theatre of, is he coming? Is he not coming? Is he making right. his way? It's those moments which just... That anticipation. It's, it's the yeah, anticipation really that just is. heightens it. And this is what I love about combat sports in general is, is the emotional roller coaster. Sports in general takes on, a, on an emotional roller coaster. That's why everyone's a fan. It could be football, it could be boxing, it could be whatever. It's the emotions that we get when we're watching it. Okay. But with combat sports, because the stakes are so high, you know, with the Eubank example, you're literally seeing a gladiator go to battle. It's like, what's going to happen? No one knows. And the, the, yeah. the repercussions of what's about to happen, and on that night particularly, they were pretty, pretty tough to watch. There was a lot on the line. Yeah, and, and it was, you know, this guy was going into battle. So that moment, getting taken behind the scenes, that's, yeah, that's, that's art. And do you think, yeah. like, do you think a lot of, I mean, obviously boxing, I think, has started doing it now, even with... The inclusion of you know misfits and YouTube boxing, that that kind of spectacle, making it more um, entertainment rather than just fighting. Do you think other sports are going to follow suit on that? And and it, and it does. It seems to have come from wrestling. It seems like they've gone. Look, look at what the WWE do. Look how they build a, a show. Look how they build the hype. Look how they build this. And now let's take a little element of that and put it into our sport. I think sport in general is entertainment. I think. You know, I, I work behind the camera as well, and you know, I often work with, let's say, young fighters, and I'm making a documentary about them for the promotion they're with. And they're like, oh, I don't want to do this. I'm training for a fight. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm a fighter. I don't want to do the press. I don't want to do this. I just want to get in there and fight. I'm like, if you just want to be a fighter, you can go and earn 50 quid in the back car park of the yeah. flag this weekend. White yeah. fight, yeah. You're being put on a stage, whether that's the UFC or whatever, ultimately for entertainment. Now, we're being entertained by watching sport, but the big bucks come, the crowds come, the pay-per-view, the money, the sponsors, everything comes because we're there to be entertained. Yeah, you've so, got to take it like a performance. Yes. It's, it's literally like you're going on stage as if you were a dancer or a singer. Now, know? I'm not saying go in there and, and dance. Obviously, when you get in the cage, when you get in to do your, mm. to do your discipline, that's when the sport is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a whole different conversation about the merit of showboating and how people like Conor McGregor fight or MVP, that's quite showboating. But everything leading up to that, you're selling. Like if you are promoting the fight game, mm. you're booking people because they're going to sell tickets. Yeah. That's the whole thing. It's like a movie. It's like anything. This product overarching is entertainment. So one example I can think of is cricket. I'm not a massive cricket fan. I'll be honest with Me you. Me neither. When, you know, when it's on TV in the UK, I, I can't. I can't get into it either. Yeah. I find it boring. But, when I was but in T20, I, I'll watch. But when yeah. I was in Australia watching it, the presentation from a TV point of view had Freddie Flintoff over there. They had a, you know, their, their press team in between the overs. They'd go back to them. It was banter. It was fun. Mm. And just the way the product was presented, I was like, oh, I'm not really, I'm not really into cricket. But actually, I could watch this because it's fun to watch. Yeah. So I think whether it's from WWE or just people realizing that if you want the public to tune into something, they've got to be entertained. I yeah. feel like that's the same with uh, American sports, right? And they've got to have like music in between stoppage, and then there's this build up with the players coming through the tunnel, and then they all sort of crowd round going through this like. Um, there's all these mesh. middle excitements. As yeah, well, there's like in these, between these like little the entertainment. Have you guys been to a game? An NFL I've game? been to an NFL I've, game. I've been yeah. to um, I've been to a baseball game in Texas, yeah. and and that big up Detroit Lions so by the way. Yeah, yeah. The things like, those sports, 
it's quite a stop and start. Like you watch a game of football or soccer, as Americans might yeah. call it. It's you got you know you got ninety minutes, bing bang bosh, there's all yeah. something going. It's whereas, a fast paced sport. Yeah. yeah. Whereas American football, it's so stop and start. Yeah. They'd be like, well, it's more of an event. Yeah. It's like if people are going to stick here for however many hours it is, we we got to fill these gaps well, with something. So they really kind of mastered the. I remember I went to went to one in Vegas recently, and it was great. But I actually went to one of the London games a couple of years back, and that was almost supercharged. The entertainment in between things. You, you didn't have to like what you were seeing out there. Yeah. But the entertainment in between, every minute there was something else going on. There was on. something so it, going so on, it, yeah. So it is an entertainment spectacle, for mm. sure. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been to watch the Lions, Detroit Lions. There we go. There we go. There we go. Even though this is uh, baseball. <laughs> but uh, Detroit Lions, no, yeah. No one knows just that. A, just amazing. <laughs> just amazing spectacle. I, I was just like, fuck me. There's 100 players on the pit, on the field. And like, they all have some involvement. Yeah. I couldn't believe how big the teams were competing with each other. They're all standing like it's a gladiator, you know, type spectacle. You know, this person versus this team versus this team. But yeah, it was just entertainment throughout. And I think we go back to, you mentioned misfits and that crossover influence of boxing thing. Mm. I think that shows that people want entertainment. Mm. Uh, I think there's a lot of people who are criticizing those kind of promotions. You've got to be honest, it's not the best levels boxing. If you're saying, come on, watch this, you're going to see the best boxing in the world, that's wrong. But if you want entertainment, yeah. which is what us as fans do, if you're a hardcore boxing fan, you, know, you might appreciate the, the sweet science and the nuances of that high-level boxing. But yeah. the masses... Well, sometimes the build-up is bigger and better than, you know... This is it. So the Conor McGregor, maybe the fight. Just better, I was literally thinking the, the, the build-up the, was so good. The build-up was so good. I, I, I was yeah. very privileged. I was down there at the London press conference they had, front row. And I could... There were literally turn taking mm. standing up Conor would come out say his stuff yeah. turn around to Floyd Floyd would give him the Iggy alright cool my turn do his thing yeah. and all, you knew that these guys was there mass between them maybe probably not because all they're thinking is we're making so, so much, much money, money. Yeah. we're making so much money for this and if we got to talk some trash we got to call out each other's yeah. mums or whatever you're doing fine we're yeah. going to the bank you know what I've, uh, yeah. you know what I've uh, spotted as well I think the you know when you get like someone standing, you get a boxer or someone standing in, in front of camera and go, look, I am going to fuck you up. Yeah. There's no way you're winning this fight. No yeah. no way, you know, my dead body, they've really com- convicted. And then you always, you always, you always forget those moments at the end of the fight when someone wins or someone loses. You go, oh God, remember that guy? But it doesn't matter because actually the, the money that they're making, the build up, the excitement, the fun of it, it just really doesn't matter. And you forget those moments. You watch Connor. McGregor, for example. Mm-hmm. He wants to build up to so many of his fights. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was a Nate Diaz fight, the first one. There's some trash talking, shit talking yeah. in the build up to that. But Connor lost. Yeah. And, and straight off the back of that, Connor, in his post fight interview, was like, you know what, who's the bet man tonight? Who's, who's this? Yeah. Yeah. And Sportsmanship as well. Just and, and that for me, other athletes have not done that. That for me, actually, at that time, reinforced Connor's brand far more for me because it's like, yeah. he can talk all this crap, he can do all these things and the bravado. But actually, when he lost, he was like big enough to say, "Do you know what? Yeah, he was better." He, than he took it, in a, you know, yeah. took it. And that as for a man. me at the time, I was like, I even got more on board with Connor's. Yeah, absolutely. Journey. Profile, yeah, yeah, yeah but, but because of that. Do you um like do you? I suppose this is um, it's an obvious question, but I suppose how much how much of your how much of the theatrical or the entertainment side do you put into what you do? With with my job as the as the the host of the show. It's, for me, it's a privileged position because you know I get to host you know, wrestling stuff and MMA things and, and, and boxing and cliff diving, whatever it is. Ultimately, What's your favourite sport out of them? What's your favourite one? So look, the last few years, a lot of my stuff's been in the world of combat sports. And wrestling was what I, I loved when I was a kid. Right. Like it, that's, that's, it's such a passion, you know, that it, it kind of takes on elements of so many of the other sports. When so something it, comes into your mind nostalgically, that, that's a powerful thing. That's it, yeah. But then as I've grown up, you know, one of my first real broadcasting jobs was with Bama, hosting mm-hmm. their shows on mm-hmm. Dave and ITV and stuff. And so that's become into my blood. And I've worked, behind the scenes, I work so much in, in that kind of world as mm-hmm. well. And boxing, you know, I think all of us grew up watching boxing. So it's hard to choose between them, but wrestling, there's something unique about, yeah. about wrestling. Um, for sure. You, you bought on David Hayes um, sort of comeback fights yeah. as well, didn't you? Yeah. So that was like that transition from WWE into... Well, actually, that was, that, the other that way was around. before. So, okay. I, so I was working at Bama and I'd done, you know, I'd done Red Bull cliff diving. I, I worked at Jamal Edwards SBTV. That was my first real kind of... Jamal opened a door for me to come in and, and do stuff and get some recognition. Mm-hmm. Did Red Bull cliff diving and the, some travel stuff and some CBBC things. That was cool. Yeah. Um, 
But then Bama, and for anyone like listening and watching to this, I think this is an uh, example. What's Bama? Am I going to sound really stupid? British Association of Mixed Martial Arts. Right, it's, okay. it's, it's, it's disappeared now. Okay. It's disappeared now. But it was, it was uh, one of the biggest shows in Europe at the time. It was on Channel 5 and Dave and ITV. went through like, the spans of things. Yeah. Um, but one of my first ever jobs as a presenter was hosting a ring girl competition for these guys. I don't, know, I don't even remember how I got it, <laughs> but I was in Birmingham hosting this ring girl competition. Alex Reed. Okay, yeah. Alex Reed was fighting, and I was like, okay, cool, doing this thing. And then, as, as you do, I hustled the guys, like, hey, can I come do some backstage presenting? Can I come do anything? Yeah. Hustled them for like six months, nothing came out of it. Okay, on to the next one. Several years later, I get a message from the guy who runs at David Green going, hey, can you, are, you, are you around this weekend? Can you come and host the show? And that was above, any, it was like live TV. I'd never done live TV before. I was like, yeah, cool. And that was the start of it. So I started hosting Bama. Nice. I think a show or two into it, uh, David Hay came on board. So you almost fell into it in a weird way. 100%. Yeah. 100%. I mean, I was also a fan of MMA as it sort of grew, partly because of pro wrestling. Because yeah. it, it was the real pro wrestling, you know. It's what probably I thought it, wrestling was as a kid, you know. Yeah. Um, but then David Hay came on. Um, I have a lot to thank David for. He was, and he's fantastic to me. Um, worked with him for a long time. And then when his boxing comeback was happening he wanted me and pushed really hard because some of the stations were like oh this guy hasn't got that much experience at that point mm-hmm. but he pushed and persisted and, and really helped open some doors for me so i have a lot to thank him for all you need is that one person in that position yeah it, it's so weird how it changes everything like you could be you could be you know overqualified for that position but you you saying it doesn't do it yeah it's yeah. someone else the moment that someone else says you know get andy in or something yeah. it's like oh it just yeah. changes yeah. everything. Yeah. It's, it's such a weird. Um, it's actually quite strange. And I've had I've had similar experiences with the film industry where I've like, look, this is going to be great. It's going to be amazing. We don't. We're not. Listen, we don't care about you, Matt. We're not listening to you. Okay. Well, if I get Russell Crowe to say, it, is that going to change things? Or Ray oh, Woodson? Oh, Russie sees it's like, it. It's, it's like, and it just does. It's yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. But you, um, you put yourself in that sort of limelight, and then you've got the guidance along the way, which yeah. is which is incredible. Yeah. So a lot to thank David for. David put me in that position and started to put me into that world and I hosted, you know, when he had fights on for Joe Joyce and so forth, mm-hmm. got me in there. So that, that was great. Yeah, because he kind of moved into like a bit of a manager role. Yeah, right? so he, he's always had Haymaker promotions and then right. when he stepped away from the ring, he started doing his own stuff. So, you know, guided Joe Joyce for the infancy of his professional career and so forth. So did that kind of stuff. And it was actually off the back of that, the WWE started to open. Because I was with David, I was doing, you know, I'd do some backstage interviews of this kind of stuff. Eventually when I... Um, I worked with WWE. I worked with them as a producer, actually. I was doing um, filming a VT for James Corn's Late Late Show. Right. So I was there as a producer, oh, yeah. backstage with his parents rolling around, wow. filming stuff with you know, all these wrestlers. And I'm, I was working at a company called 4Well73 who make the Late Late Show. And they knew how. That's his, that's his production company. James Corn's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, yeah. he's now on the partners, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'd worked there for, for several years. They're, from, from my production standpoint, they're the ones who bring me up to being like a, a producer and so forth. And they all knew how big a wrestling fan I was. Like, right. Andy, you're doing this one. Off you pop. Nice. Great. And it was actually there that my show, you know, when you're a presenter, you take clips from all the stuff you do, as actors do, as everyone does, and put them in a little video and show people what you do. Mm-hmm. And as well as at backstage at WWE, I just, I just kind of shot, shoot my shot, shot my shoot, shoot my shot. Shoot, shoot. shoot. <laughs> we understand. Yeah. Um, but I, I, just, I just started talking. <laughs> <laughs> shoot my load. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was very, there was a picture of me on the ropes holding a WWE belt, which I was probably about to do that in because I was, I was such a kid in the candy store. Right. But made some contacts there and said, like, if I was going to send a show to someone, yeah. who would it be? Fast forward a few months, get in contact. And again, it was doing things with David where you know, I'd anchored shows on you know, different channels, but with David, I was anchoring the show and I was doing backstage things, giving me a bit more um, variety. And be able to show that to WWE mm-hmm. was the first thing to put me on the radar. Right. And, and <clears throat> then we moved forward from there. So it's, it was that thing where just the blocks, fortunately, kind of fell into line. Tell me yeah. if you agree with yes. this. I, I think it's, there's two scenarios which most people overlook because they expect things to happen immediately. First thing is, you know, you just sort of hanging out and with the right people like David Hay, even if you're like, I know it sounds stupid, but even if like David A is here and you're in the background, but you're always with him, you start to get you start to get noticed. You, mm. It was like um, you know, Coogan Cassius with I, IFL. You know, mm-hmm. he just be, he just popped up so much, yeah, yeah, that you just like, oh, you just expect him to be there. Yeah. So there's that that you're kind of you know, unsubconsciously thinking, well, I'm just here, nothing's benefiting me, but that footage exa- you know, could get run around anywhere. And then the second thing is like how long things actually take. 
Like, if you do something now with a really famous person and it doesn't blow up tomorrow, it doesn't mean it's not going to blow up. It, it, it can take a year or two years. I, I remember um, speaking to an actor friend of mine and he said, um, he said, look, the, the time frame when I first did my big job, the time frame for that becoming successful and actually impacting my life was five years later. Yeah. I said, why? Yeah. He said, because so many different things happen in between. It takes a long time for people. He said, I wanted to work with a really big director and they wanted to work with me, but it took them a couple of years to get the project off the ground and they couldn't get me in. So how like, how does, what do you think of that? And how do you, how do you kind of, you know, explain to people that you should just do as much as you can and then, and then not just hope it's going to happen tomorrow, but just hope it gets somewhere. And yeah. You never know takes, when it's going to pop. Yeah, yeah. I think we all live in a world and I think I'm sure social media is a big part of this where we just see success and we see instant success yeah. because you know, so much of our, our feed is, Oh, look, I started this yesterday. Look at me now. And yeah. when we look at our idols, so often you only see them when they're up. You, you don't see so much of the come up mm-hmm. or you read stories of, Oh, it took them three months to get this. It's, and it, it can be deciding. I'm not saying those things don't happen to people. I'm sure mm-hmm. they do, but the reality is a lot of the time it's, it's compound interest. Yeah. Now, I go back to my Bama job. Did that? I got. I don't even know what year it was, but I did that, and it was. God, it must have been three or four years later when I got that phone call, and that phone call to go and host their show. You know, without that, would I have met David? Probably not. Would I have got to host the boxing stuff? Would I have got to do the w, you know, Would I have been in a position to present WWE with something that would show them what they wanted? Yeah. It's 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 relationship building. There's yeah. an element of instinct there, right, or gut as well, where you're just like, ah, oh, shall I do this tomorrow? And yeah, let's do it. And then, yeah, and no, then I, was a, I was actually I was actually um, on a production job at the time, and. I remember getting the phone call and we'd just been, because we had like a big shoot coming up the next week, we'd just been called in that day and going, oh, you, can everyone come into the office on Sunday? Because we've got to prep for this big shoot. And I was like, oh God. So I literally, when I was talking to the guys at Bama, I had to organise someone to drive me back at two o'clock in the morning from wow. I think we're in Wolverhampton. Because I was right. like, come and do the shoot, but I've got to get back for like yeah. nine o'clock the next day. Yeah. There's no trains or whatnot. So yeah, I think it's, when there's an opportunity, you've got to seize it. Um, but it is about, I think it's about looking left and right and, and maintaining relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, when I talk to athletes or other people in the industry, it's like, look, don't overestimate being nice to someone, you know, and just having a relationship. Yeah, you don't know how, how much that's going to affect you later on yeah. in life. You don't yeah. know what opportunities sure. are going to come around. Like, yeah. like Jamal Edwards, for example, he was someone who, you know, would e- I, I, I emailed him one day because I saw his stuff and I was like, oh man, like I'd love to do whatever with you. Fast forward a few months, he had this sports shoot because like, oh, I'm really into sports. He's like, cool, do you want to come and do it? And again, me getting to do stuff with SBTV, open the doors to go and do things with, with Nike and Red Bull and things. So it's, it's just cultivating those things. But also, yeah, being, I think in industries we're all in, it's so easy to, there's so many no's. There's so many, the, the, mm-hmm. the rejections are 99% of the time, the acceptance is one. And it's so easy to be put off by that. And it's, it's natural to be mm-hmm. like, oh, I got rejected again, I got rejected again. But you've got to be steadfast and you've got to have belief. And if you get rejected, why is that? You know, is it something you can improve on, something you can tweak, something else you can do to make you more uh, uh, accepting for that mm. whatever role or project it is? Mm-hmm. But it's just keeping pushing. There's been countless times, you know, before I got into a good position with, with the hosting where I remember being on the phone to my mum, being like, I'm down here in London, I'm making no, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. I've been doing this for so long yeah. and I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, this is shit, quite <laughs> yeah. frankly. But, you know, my parents were super supportive. Like, just you know, keep going because you're going to regret giving up. If you give up now, you're going to regret it. Yeah, London's a tough place for that now it's, as well. It's tough. Man. I, I, I was here. Like, spent spent ten years in London. Yeah, it's putting man. yourself in a vulnerable position so you know that you've got to go at it and, and get it. I think it's that know? thing as well. Like, you know, if you're in one of these careers where you've got to push hard and there's sometimes no reward for quite a while, you're seeing your, your mates from school and uni and they're all making loads of money doing whatever yeah. it is they're doing. Are they happy? Yeah. Some are, some aren't, but they're making money. They can go out and do whatever the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in the position I was, you know, you're, you're freelance, you're fluttering from this to that. It's like, man, Moving around is, all the time. Yeah, yeah. and it, it wears yeah. you down, mm-hmm. but it's, it's that thing. And you get the odd person in the industry who's just smashing it by yeah. pure luck or yeah. something, yeah. And then you, do, and you, compa- you can't help and but compare, you compare yourself yeah. to others. You're like, oh my God, that person started six months after me and they've already doing this and that goes back to the point you said about you know you only see the highlight of things and and that's like it's probably one of the biggest downfalls of social media especially like instagram for example you only see and i'm you know i'm sort of sort of um you know victim to this as well in terms of like just posting the good stuff or posting like this is me at my high this is me at my high people don't realize the in-between moments of what you've got to do to get there and i you know this is a very very popular 
um, picture that probably everyone's seen. Hopefully, you two have. Maybe Jay hasn't, but Tyler, I know that. Should I check my DMs? Is this a <laughs> no? It's that picture. <laughs> it's that picture where you know there's the iceberg and there's the the, the little iceberg that he's lost. He doesn't know. No, I, I, <laughs> I, I know what you're going on about. Yeah. Oh, do, you want, do you want to finish it then and tell me what the picture is? What the iceberg is underneath. Oh, uh, underneath the sea. Yeah, and you just see the tip of the iceberg. Oh my god! And then there's another one where you see. I'm, I'm uh, he's seen it. Come on, of course I. It's also the analogy of the swan yeah, now go gliding, yeah. gliding across the top of the water. Yeah. Underneath the swan's legs are just like. But it's just like yeah, there's exactly. that little iceberg there. There's one word that says success. Yeah. And then underneath it, underwater, is like anxiety, pain, stress, emotion. You know, failure. Depression, thing, all yeah. these kind of things. The, the stuff that you don't see that you need to be doing exactly. to, yeah. to get ahead. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I think it's, it's a, you know, I've got a lot of friends who, who work in industry and stuff. I mean, one of my, one of my good friends, Emily Hartridge, who isn't with us anymore. I used to do her YouTube channel and, right. and stuff like that. Real good friend. And, you know, we were, you know, hustling together and, you know, talking to her about the anxiety she was always going through because, you know, she had a YouTube channel and they started demonetizing that for certain things. And, it's, you know, sometimes she had little glimmers of hope and then, you know, she was looking like she was going to get a commission for something and get taken away. And it's, it's that, co- you know, people who have a, a more standard career path, shall we say. Mm-hmm. You start here, you get promoted today, you do this, you might move to that company, that. It's, it's quite a linear mode, I imagine, of, you know, I'm, I've been doing this for two years now, I should get promoted or move right, or whatever. Right, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know... I, I'm sure there's anxiety involved in those career changes. Of course there are, but yeah. you know, I think the ebbs and flows of the industries we're in, it's... Uh, it's the uncertainty. You know, you do, an, you do a nine-to-five job or you work in a bank, you know you're going to get paid at the end of the day. Yeah, you know you've you got pensions yeah, sorted you know out, you're you've got insurance, this. you've got all these luxuries yeah. and comforts. You know, that you, you just sort of live for the weekend mm. and you've got to push yourself sort of out of that comfort zone yeah. just to realise, okay, if you want a different lifestyle, if you want to have a bit more freedom and flexibility, you've got to do something completely different to yeah. what is the norm and you know no disrespect to the people that are continuing into the nine to five you know and having that type of work ethic and lifestyle it works for them i crave that sometimes because my you know I've, yeah. I've spent a little bit of time here now it's like the longest i've been in the country for a while yeah. and it's like i've just fallen back into a good pattern of training eating back to at the, the grind, right time yeah. and, and it's like and you know people say to me oh Matt but you went all these places last year I was like yeah but it's just, it's, it's, it's grind like, it's, it's, it's grind yeah it's, it's stressful grind. it's packing I, it's unpacking it's this <laughs> it's that I think there's the for me you know I've uh, my last I've never had I've really one proper full time job and that was a, a place called Big Talk Productions I think I was a, a runner there and you know I got my money great experience for that great That's experience good, yeah. I mean it, it, the, hour, you know, the hours just relentless you know yeah. it's, it's it's non-stop it's, it's yeah. full on yeah. uh, but it was a paycheck each month it's great I've, I've, been, you know, I've been freelance kind of since then um, I, I, part of me loves the excitement of look you know, obviously I know certain things I'm doing but there's excitement of what else is going to come in what else can I manifest what else can I drill up myself you know the excitement of what can be created yeah. it's not like I know what's happening for the next three years yeah it's, yeah. That, it's that excitement yeah. and, you talk about the flexibility there. For some reason, it's almost it's almost not like my missus has got a, a full time job and she's like, "Oh, let's go on holiday. We're gonna book these days off in four months' time." I'm like, yeah. babes, "That doesn't really work babes, in my schedule." Babes, yeah, babes. I, don't, I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. Sometimes, let alone what like in four months' time. So, yeah. how about how about a couple of weeks out? We've just a friend yeah. a friend of me invited yeah. me to his wedding in, in August. I said, Mate. "Mate, I said don't don't put me on the list." I said, "I, I will I will be I will come if I'm here." How do you fi- how do you find that when people come to you is like with things like weddings and you're like. I want to be there. I'm going to try and be there. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if I can. Do you know what? It's it's, it's I don't, sacrifice. I don't know if I've said this. I've only been to like one or two weddings in my life. I've, 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 how many have you invited to though? That's the yeah. question. I've, I don't, <laughs> you're only invited to one. You actually gate crashed. Yeah, yeah. you wedding crashed yeah. the other. <laughs> it's just um, when when people say that to me, it kind of it opens my eyes a little bit because I'm like, oh, that's great. You're that far in ahead that you know you can be in that place at that time in August. Great, but then it also kind of makes me think. I enjoy what I do because it's very, yeah. it's very spontaneous. It's very, you know, in some respects in my control because I run everything myself and in control of where I'm going to be and whatnot. Um, so it's, it's, it's a mixed, it's a mixed bag, but it, it very, very, I'll say now like 90% of the time, I, I can't, I'm, I'm not there. 90% of the time things change. Yeah. I'll, I could be somewhere. I could be, you know, in London one day and not knowing that I've got, that I'm going to well, be Well, how do you manage tomorrow. it? It is tricky. Like with, with certain things now, I've got, you know, 
sometimes now data given to me a bit ahead of time. For example, there's some things floating around where you know, they've given me dates where I can put that into a calendar. And that's mm. been really nice to look at my calendar and go, oh, I, I think I've – obviously things change, but that can happen here, here, here. So that's quite nice to know. But for so many years – like, go back to WWE, for example. When mm. we're doing NXT UK, you know, we would – we knew we, we taped in six weeks blocks. So we'd tape six shows over two days. But sometimes we wouldn't know coming out of one taping when the next taping was going to be. We, we, knew, we knew roughly. Mm, yeah. But all of us, all, you know, wrestlers, all those guys, like, any ideas? You had any info when the next tapings are? <laughs> Everyone's trying to figure their stuff out, yeah. like other jobs, like personal things. Like, you know. Just needed to know where they're going to yeah. be or what they and need like, to do. I think like, media and filming is, is so. Um, I remember for so Bama, because that was my, you know, it was, a, it was a good gig for me at the time. I hadn't you know, done anything else, live TV and whatever. And again, we didn't know their schedule throughout the year they'd book things maybe a month or two out so again just trying to book holidays yeah. and I, I really was just holding things off because I didn't want anything to clash with that because mm. I wanted to keep that going mm. and it, it's tough mm. as the years have gone on I've tried to skew my head a little bit because I, I realised for so long I was giving up things like I wouldn't go to some friends weddings because I was like oh, I think I've got something on that weekend yeah it's kind um, of disrupting your lifestyle when you're trying to be organised yeah but and, and, and tra really travel is like you know outside of my work my, my passion I love travelling and not being able to book things for so long you know you're, you're sacrificing a lot and as the years have gone on you know I, don't, I always go okay well I've got my WWE dates I'm going to do those but if something comes up like I want to go to Burning Man for example cool unless it's WWE I'm going You've Burning Man's a crazy festival no I've never been <laughs> but uh, is it, have you been I've been a couple of times oh, no. what is this God, do Burning tell Man. Burning Man yeah Burning Man so it's literally Burning Man Burning Man surprised so you've not heard of it yeah, I was going to say. No, was it a festival? It's a festival. Do you know what? It's, it's a festival it's for one, fucking I want to know about it, but festivals is one thing I haven't... I, haven't, I don't think I've... I think I've been to one festival this is not in a my fest life. This is not a festival like Glastonbury. No, no. It's, I've never been to Glastonbury. <laughs> this is a... You drive into the Nevada desert and yeah. there's a city that's built for like the week yeah. of Burning Man and it's... it's wow. It's, it's like Elro, but like times 20,000. <laughs> anyone watching or listening to this, I would say if you're thinking of going to Burning Man, go... Once you've completed every other party in the world, because it ruins, it ruins. Like, go through your phase of going on your, you know, your, your European holidays with your mates. Then do your backpacking thing. Then do your nights out in London. Yeah. Down. Is know, it because it's that good or that, that crazy? Good. It's that good. Well, so what? It's, I don't give us. Just it's give a us an spectacle, intro. isn't it? It's and a spectacle. Like, you know, the, the city is built and there's camps that you're part of. They build a city, or it's already there. It's, there's nothing there, so right. there's infrastructure put in there. It's, you know, people are camping. It's not a city as in, like, building. Yeah. Okay, right. But there's an infrastructure put in just right. for this event. It's, it's an art festival, shall we say. So there's all this art. You cycle, you have to take a bike to get around. You cycle out it's into very, the desert. It's a very fire. loose... Um, it's a little oh, loose. I mean, <laughs> loose look, term for this. The, 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 the not... Well, you go and look at some paint. You go yeah. and look at some paintings and stuff? <laughs> or no? Oh, no, like, some, for example, someone brings in, like, a jumbo jet and they just have a party inside a jumbo jet for the week. Wow. There's, is, it, is it big, then? It's quite a big space. Huge. Uh, yeah, I, I might crazy. be getting this wrong, but I think it's, like, 70,000 people. Wow. It's, I think it's the biggest. And do like acts play there and people perform? Yeah, but you don't know who they are. So, so each camp, people pay fees to go to camps. And some of the camps where you go and there's Winnebago's, people are paying like 20 grand a pop to go and have. They're called a plug and play. You haven't got to do anything. You just turn up, it's all there, it's beautiful. Yeah. But those are the camps with money. So they'll bring in some of the world's biggest DJs to come and do stuff. Other camps will do like smaller things, but it's it's every kind of party you want. You can go and do yoga for a week. Yeah, exactly. You can have oh, like wow. a drum and bass night. You can have a house set. It's, you can rock and you roll. Do yoga like for a week, you're not going to hear the music. Oh, yeah, the music. We haven't got to go. Yeah, it's that big. The, 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 a lot of the parties are out. Like, How much is it to go? It's a, few, it's a few hundred bucks. Yeah, but then you, it depends if you want to go. Uh, be part of a camp. Right. And you've got camp fees, which could be anything from a few hundred bucks to if you go to these these nicer ones like someone told me it was 20 grand to go to these ones I think an actual ticket to go is maybe 300 bucks sounds like what fire festival inspired to be it's, like. it's kind of <laughs> like that yeah and it's called Burning Man they have this tradition where there's, there's literally like a scarecrow scarecrow type figure but that's massive and they literally set it alight yeah. it sounds a bit cultish it's just yeah it's kind of like that yeah it's, it's, it's amazing you are you I can yeah. tell you boys would love it. Yeah. I, can you, I can tell you boys would love it. Yeah. yeah, that's so cool. I do quite like a festival, to be honest. Um, I'm going to note that one. Going back to that bit we just talked about the industry and stuff. What, yeah. what do you think? What, what advice would you give to anyone now, where if they were starting out, let's say in the media entertainment yeah. business, whether it be filming, you know, presenting, acting, singing, whatever? What advice would you give to people now starting out? Because obviously things have changed, right? So. Is, is is that still, you know, when I started 
when I started out, it was all about hustle, grinding, working really hard, going to as many meetings as possible, networking my ass off, you know, going to all these different events and just seeing who I'd meet. Some of those things I actually regret because they just fizzled out and didn't mm. didn't plan anything. The, the stuff that actually came into fruition was the, was the random stuff that I actually didn't want to go to or that I went to or I met yeah. this person and I wasn't supposed to be there or whatever. But what... Um, do you think there's like, what advice would you give to anyone now starting out? Would it be slightly different? Would it be like, focus on social media and you don't need to do all this networking or, you um, know, still work hard and still do this? Because there's so many things, you know? It depends what you want to do. What I would say, whatever you want to do, stop doing it. Like if you want to make films, you want to film them, go and make one, get your iPhone. Get, what, what can you do with your iPhone? So much, you know, mm. go, go make a little short. Like if you want to be a film director or work in the film industry and you've not got a foot in yet, go and make something. Mm. Follow your passion. I, I think in the, the creative industries, you need to be passionate about it. If you're thinking of the glamour side of things, mm-hmm. like, oh, I want to call myself a film director or a, or a presenter or this, mm-hmm. you know, look, some of you may land on your feet and, and get straight to the glamour point. But the vast majority, it's graft. And the stuff that goes on behind the scenes is hard. So you've got to really love what you do. So do it for free initially. Exactly. And then get it to people. Like, in this day and age, you know, social media, it, it's a marketing, marketing tool, you know. Put stuff out there, but you know, DM the people you want to notice your stuff. Ask for opportunities. So if, if you're at the very ground trying to get into stuff, make what you want to do. Contact the people you, you admire. Let's say you want to, again, be a, a film director. Cool. Make mm-hmm. something. Send it to a production company that you admire, that you like their work. Say, hey, I'd love to come and do some work experience. Mm-hmm. Love to come and do some work experience. If you can, and I know it's a luxury, go and do stuff. And it's probably going to be for free to start with. That's tough. Like mm-hmm. being in London... That's really tough. And it really helps and, and improve your confidence as a, as a human being as well because the, the, the generation now are just stuck behind their phones so they're not really interacting face-to-face. So they don't really have those people skills or have the confidence to, to pitch to someone about something. So it, it really helps with you just get yourself out there. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And, and if you go yeah, back just, to a conversation we had earlier in this, is making contacts, keeping relationships. And by relationship, it hasn't got to be like every two weeks. Oh, hey, mate, how you going? Mm. Just... You, know, you might meet someone at an event. You might meet someone at a party yeah. or whatever. Hey, how are you going? Cool. Drop them a DM, like their thing every now and again. Just, just keep on Learn their... Learn to nurture their relationships. Just, yeah. just yeah. nurture, keep on their... You think social media has made that easier for people then? Because obviously, you know, you can go and tweet someone super famous now or, or you can yeah, go and tweet... I, 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 or, think it, I think it's made it easier to reach out to people. Yeah. Um, obviously, not every, you know, if you're not following someone, you can't check your private messages so things can fall by the wayside. But it's, it's definitely easy to go, that person, whoever it is, want to get on their radar. Cool like their stuff, send them a thing, ask their advice. Yeah. You know, I've, I'm very, you know, I always feel very honoured when people DM me, ask Reach me for, out, yeah. asking for advice and I'll, I'll do as much as I can to, to offer whatever I, I think I can because I think it's, I think that's great. The fact you've had the, the guts to go, hang on, I'm going to ask for some advice, mm. you know, yeah. and whatever you can give back. So, you know, maybe tweet, DM someone that you admire and has got to where, or is on the way to, uh, way to where you want to be and say, hey, look, this is where I'm, is a two pieces of advice you could give me to get me from here to that next level. Yeah, it's, you know, it's people that you idolise and, and you put them on a pedestal. But it's, like, so, like you said, social media gives the platform for you to be able to reach out to them. They're not untouchable, you know. And like you said, you, you get satisfaction that someone else is reaching out because they got the guts to do that. Yeah. It's putting yourself in a vulnerable position to be like, right, okay, maybe I want to make some changes. Yeah. I, I need to do and this. And what I would I say is, like, you know, if you reach out and... You, know, you can see the Reddit or whatever, and they haven't messaged you back. Give it a week or two, just chase them up. Like, you know, you get messages, you look at them, it's not a great time. But just, you know, one, hey, just wonder if you've got time to give me any tips. It's okay to follow something up, mm. you know. Obviously, you don't bombard people, but, you know, it's cool. Like, hey, anything, mm. that's fine. The, um, when I first moved to London, I started thinking, right, I'm going to do this act inside. And I thought... Around a couple of people that was had part time jobs or doing this or doing that, and they were actors that went to RADA and all these schools. And the one thing I picked up on, which is what you just said, which I, which I love, is the every single person I was surrounding myself with, or or I was visiting, or even going to these events, they weren't necessarily driven by money, but money was top of the, the top of you know money was number one. Okay, well, for, for they, they ultimately want to earn loads of money. It's no, no, not that. It's like I'd speak to a friend who's working part-time oh how can you not act and not going for this audition oh i've got to work i've got to earn the money oh so they were putting they were putting earning some money in a bar above going yes gotcha. now there's a very logical reason for that i live in london i have x amount of bills per month to pay and i need to earn this amount so that is what comes first to keep me here 
and I saw I, I was surrounded by quite a few people like that and, I, and I, I sat down with myself and I said right okay I need to I need to flip this around I can't if I put money first I'm never going to get to if I put money at number one I'm never going to get to number two and number two is never going to get me to number three so I flipped money to number four and I thought right okay if I just put my heart and soul into something and that becomes number one if you put your heart and soul into something you'll end up being good from it. it doesn't matter what it is you could be you know selling coffee or whatever and I thought if I put my heart and soul into it I will become good at it and if you become good at something what follows mm-hmm. you'll make money from it where do you put money now in your equate when you're looking at projects or looking at opportunities where's the money come into your listing now it's still at, it's still at the back just because I love what I do so much so when I'm creating or making something I understand that if I if I really want to make a certain project I understand that okay I can't get paid as much for this project or this happens. But I've also done projects where I've been paid well and I've not been like, okay, well, I made a film during COVID and um, the money was good. And I just thought, okay, this is not usually my type of film that I would make. And it ended up selling really well and doing well. But it wasn't usually the thing that I'd gravitate towards. Um, so it was more like, okay, I'll do this. But that, but it, it depends how structured I am. So if I, th- if I think, right, I've got to, I've got, I want to make this amount of money now because you know, I want to go and take six months off and write to help the next project. The The, the goal for me is always bigger. So it's yeah. always like, it's not a quick fix in money now because I need it for the end of the month. And I just think that I have such a, like money has a very, it's great. It makes the world go round, but it has a, it has a very toxic, yeah. um, like it has a very toxic feeling and emotion to it. You know, it's what breaks things up so much, right? It, most of the problems in the world are related towards yeah. money. Where yourself? Where's money rank? When you're looking at things, where does it? Rank yeah, it's, it's it's difficult because I've <laughs> I've come to a point where I've always put money at the forefront because I've had to like like Matt said pay pay bills and yeah. and um and look at things like immediately like I need to pay for things so so I've I've probably looked at it at a different way and maybe because he's you know, still like that now I'm trying to convert m- money money was short you know but, you know when I was growing up so it was like. That was the be all and end all. You yeah. just my, all my focus was right. Get some money coming in and whatever it takes to to get that. Um, and so then I then lost a lot of my creative passions and um, just just things that would keep me stable and um, you know just on the straight and narrow. So now I I kind Do of use. What's that? <laughs> no, no, I'm, no, I'm not. Look, not it's for you. Quick, get the tears. Tears coming. No, he's he's coming. Oh yeah, (laughs) I need to borrow some money. (laughs) What are you going on about? Anyway, um, that 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 chain. That that chain is. Yeah, exactly. Oh, he's he's quite open about it. That's that's Indian gold. No, he needs it. He needs it. He needs to say that. He's he's very. No, so I I, like you asked the question. So I, I basically now, you know, take some influences and some guidance from from other people who have not put money at the forefront. Yeah. Uh, put it at the back and and show that you can put all your time and effort into just just the craft, being creative, being passionate about what you do, and then see that flourish, and then the money will come. Yeah. Because and then that's where you will really grow. Yeah, I mean, everyone loves making money. I like, yeah. make, I like making money, I like being paid. I, like, I think I like feeling secure. I like feeling that you, know, you can pay your bills. That's you what can, I was I've used got, to as well. I've got a, yeah. you know, had a kid a year ago. It's nice being like, I can, I can pay the bills and stuff. But... Mm. Uh, and I've thought about this for the last few years. You know, where does money list in my thing? Of course, I want to make loads of money. I think we all do. But does that come at the expense of your happiness? Mm. One thing I've thought about a lot is you know, waking up and being happy each morning w- with what you're doing is so, so key. I think you know, we talk about the friends and former colleagues I've had who jumped out of school, jumped out of uni, jump into a job doing whatever it might be. I'm not going to list any vocations in case you know people have these but just jump into a job they're not passionate about but it's it's good it's solid it's got a great trajectory in terms of money but they get to a certain age like oh i'm not yeah i'm not i'm not, I'm not passionate i'm not happy mm-hmm. yeah i've got a, a house and a nice car i've got this but am i happy and i think you know in terms of money i spent so long not making any mm-hmm. making just just enough so i hear what you're saying where you're just like mm-hmm. you know i was doing temp jobs and you know freelancing sort of low down in the production world so you're not making enough money to take time off and you're just scratching, getting by yeah you're scratching your chlorine and but it's, it's at that point you've got to that it's at that point yeah. yeah mike tyson said this the other day he said you've got to hit rock bottom rock bottom is brilliant to hit because it makes you 
rebuild yourself stronger. Like, I'm not saying you've got to hit rock bottom yeah. but you've got to be at that point where it's almost like do or die in terms of like, I can't afford this now, so I'm going to make a drastic change. Well, I remember calling my mum and be like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I really wasn't happy. I think I'd taken a temp job doing something. I really wasn't happy with... Mm. And it's also your identity. You know, you walk around going, I'm trying to be a, a, a sports broadcaster, a TV presenter, or even working in production. But actually, you know, you've taken a temp job doing something else because you couldn't find that opportunity. Yeah. So your sense of identity starts to... It, it, it's, it doesn't just become a financial thing. It becomes a, what the hell am I? Yeah. What am I doing? I, I'm, I'm telling people I'm this. It or, goes deeper, yeah. for sure. Yeah. It's a weird lie. It's almost like a... You're not lying to yourself, but you are because you know... You know, you, you know the position you want to get to yeah. and you know you're capable of doing it, yeah. but you're not there yet. But you've got to, you, in a way, you have to keep lying to yourself because I'm going to get there. But you can, at that time, I look back now and I was you know, going to parties and stuff like that and you, and you meet people who are probably in the exact same position I was, but they had a much better front. Or maybe, I mean, you know, maybe I just wasn't talking about it, but their front was like, yeah, I'm doing super yeah, good. And yeah, actually, yeah. Know, in retrospect, I look back and I, I know now, like, no, they were... That's, they were, that's completely... They, they were that's, just average, yeah. That's completely they, me and him. They, they were doing the same thing. They, they were working in shops to get yeah. by, but they, you know, they, they, they kept yeah. you know, this bravado, which is, which is great because it yeah. kept their confidence up. But, yes, you know, for me now, it's, it's waking up and being happy mm-hmm. more days than you don't. Yeah. You know, the, the thought of waking up and, you know, I've done jobs where you wake up like, oh, God, I don't want to do yeah. this today. The fact that we get to do things that we're passionate about, that, you know, excited about, mm-hmm. I, I feel so privileged, mm-hmm. so privileged that a lot of the stuff I get to do is stuff that I just love. You just you enjoy, know? yeah. Just yeah. love, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, a real, it's a real privilege and, you know, makes it a lot It easier. took me a long while to, to realise that because I, I was at university studying dance and business management and I kind of got into dance when I left university and I thought, right... I'm not really making any money. I'm just going to do what everybody else is doing because they're making a shitload of money. So I'm just going to get into sales. I had business management to fall back on. So I got into sales. I learned so many different things about how to present, be confident with people, you know, pitch into a board meeting, for example. And, and then I thought, right, I'm loving the London lifestyle. This is, this is cool. You know, I'm, I'm set with, you know, an income every month. And I was just like, right, am I really enjoying this? Am I just getting, Still living with your mum. Well, yeah, that's it. That's that's what that's what it what it was like, yeah. and I just got caught up, and I thought, you know what? Let me put myself back into a vulnerable position again, and then go right. Let me start again, yeah. but I'll start again from actually what I'm going to be enjoying, and that was to be creative. Go that's, back to what he's, was. He's like that. If he hasn't got no money, I can like, hello, like I can just see it straight on his face. Yeah, if I've got so, no money, or if I've been in a position where I've not no money, I'm like, right. Okay, let's do this. We're yeah. going to do it. Like, that, that's so different... brave to have a job which is steady. Yeah. And to have that income. When I left Big Talk, I was, uh, a, you know, I was a production assistant. I wasn't getting paid swathes of money. I mean, living in London, I, you're, you're probably not even breaking even. You know what I'm saying? But to have a job that was you know, comfortable and there was a progression route there, to then go, do you know what? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step away from this because I, I, I want to go and do something that makes me feel more fulfilled. And there's so many, I think the vast yeah. majority of people do jobs because it's what they're supposed to do. Yeah. And that's what people, I think, call midlife crisis. They probably get to a point where they're like, oh, I've done this for yeah. 15, 20 years. Oh, man, I wish I'd gone and painted those dogs in Egypt. Yeah. And, you know it, I mean? and it's taken a risk because I took that risk at the age that I am now. And I thought, fuck it. There's only one way I can, I can do it. And that's just make this change right now because I won't get this opportunity yeah. again. And COVID came about. And that's kind of when I thought, right, this is a sign, if any, for me to just go, fuck that. Let me yeah, do yeah. this. And I, I'm always going to get the people that are going... No, you just had a better job. You had a steady job. This was money coming in. And I'm like, you don't see what I'm seeing now. Yeah. I'm seeing something that I can earn 10 times more than what I was making. But I've also got the freedom and flexibility to have the lifestyle I want as well. But also, so it's feel, feel fulfilled. Like if, if all of us was like, I just want to go make loads of money, would have tried harder at school and got to be bankers yeah. and worked for a few years and earned a million quid and great. But would you be happy? Would you be like... This is what I really want to do. And again, some people, yes, that's what they want to do. But yeah. man, like, the it's really, um, that change is huge. It's really yeah. interesting that you, you know, we just talked about it. Most people will do number, money is number one and they'll do anything for money or that'll be their first goal to be, you know, to get money and survive. But then actually the people that earn a ton of money are the ones that end up quitting what they do and go, actually, I want to do something else now that I love. You've got to be passionate. I think, I think to, so to It doesn't work, answer the question, does it? It doesn't, to, to it doesn't. Work, to work as hard as you've got to, work for something to be a real success you gotta love it you gotta yeah. love it you know you can't be like oh you gotta be obsessed with it you know if, if you're making a couple of mil a year and you hate what you're doing i'm sure you get to a point where like oh, i got 10 no, million you're not gonna do it i got 10 million in the bank i hate what i'm doing do you know what? i'm just gonna 
go and day trade or do just do whatever. Yeah. Just do whatever. Yeah. To keep going past that point, you've really got to love what you do. Mm -hmm. So I think find that passion. And again, you know, I've got a lot of friends who are reconsidering jobs. I think COVID really helped with that kind of stuff. And I'm like, you know, if you're not waking up and being happy, if you're constantly just stressed out your eyeballs, mm -hmm. you know, what what do you love doing? And it's so brave to be like, well, I don't like being an accountant. I really like painting. Okay, well, maybe set up an Etsy store, paint some pictures, put it on Etsy, yeah. put it on whatever, see what you can do. Okay, you're making five hundred quid. Yeah, but you know, yeah, the platform the platforms are there now for so many people to you know leave what they thought was safe and sustainable. Even yeah. like you know, I really I'm so excited about all this. I don't know if you've touched on or you've. Um, been involved in any of the AI stuff like I'm so excited where all that's heading like it's it's incredible just the fact that you can start creating all these ideas just through this AI software yeah, yeah it's amazing have you have you been I've seen, I saw the pictures everyone was putting up where they put their pictures in and the AI did the stuff and then I've yeah. seen some articles yeah. about people getting AI to write blogs or yeah. write articles yeah, it's didn't incredible a kid, didn't a kid get someone uh, AI to write his paper for him yeah I'm, I'm, I mean I'm probably using chat GPT every day now but your script's going to be it's going to get <laughs> yeah no, being published but, but yeah there's a few uh, spelling mistakes AI yeah. who's AI yeah. <laughs> no but that's the thing there's no there's no it, it's it's I'd go as far to say it's going to change the world very quickly. There's no it, mistakes. It's human. How about in the creative world? Because obviously creativity is, that's your yeah, mind. That's yeah. stuff. Has AI got the capacity to, to fill, in, like, fill in the holes of a writer? Of and, and that, no, see, I don't think it does. I, see, I disagree. Yeah. I, I think with a human everything. touch, it, that's where you're going to get that human touch, where it's going to influence, as, as, like, let's say if you're writing a script, right? And you're putting that on, uh, online. ChatGPT, whatever, and it's writing it for you. But there's something that triggers in your mind that you've had a past experience with something, and then that influences you to yeah, write I, a specific I, for, for scene or you know have some sort of something that resonates with the audience yeah, in, in but, some way. But a, a computer can't do that for like it doesn't have for my those side. I'm, life I'm, experiences. I'm never going to lose that human touch with the creativity side, but it can help with so many things. If I need to create a deck for a film now, and I say, and I go into um, um, stable diffusion. And say, I write. Uh, sorry, um, make me a picture of a of Super Mario dressed as a Greek god, and it does it instantly. And I need that for a deck. That's where it. And I need that for a yeah. deck. Do you think? Because like with with film, have you ever read a book called Save the Cat? Yes, yeah, of course. Great, yeah, great, no. great, it's about, it's about yeah. film structure. It's about writing and film structure. Yeah, yeah. and like yeah. There, so there is it doesn't work for every single film, but for a lot of film, particularly sort of mainstream films, there's a, there's a a structure, a skeleton that. Mm -hmm. You know where beats are in the film yeah. and so forth, and you basically take the structure, the skeleton, flesh it out with the narrative and so forth, and that's a film. Do you think the AI has the ability once you've given it, if it has that structure in its head, and you, it. Give it, and you give it parameters? Go right. There's a there's a dog and a cat, and they they hate this, and here's, here's a base script that you can then just go and do a pass on, yeah. and you got a first. It, I mean, it's it's there now. That's mental. It's now. Yeah, that's that, mental. That's mad. Yeah. That is mad. You, you could you could go into Chat ChatGPT now. And say, um, write me a script about a guy called Andy who's a WWE presenter in 2020, 2020 or 1999. Um, he loves animals and he loves pornography and he'll write you, uh, and it's human. Pornography. I'd watch that. <laughs> yeah. Would you? <laughs> Ah, any, any any commissioners out there? If you, there there's the logline. Yeah. You want to come and do this? We got a script coming in 14 seconds. I see only fans coming on board I saw now. Your face go, Ooh, it's, a really, it's a really good idea. No, but it's 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 already there, and the potential is going to go through the roof. Did you see what David? Did you see what David Getter just did? No. Oh my god! Listen to this. So at the moment, there's loads of there's loads of platforms. There's like ChatGPT where you write. There's like Stable Diffusion and Jasper where you can get you can create pictures David Getter yeah it's mind blowing he just used an AI one AI software and said write me a Eminem style lyric with the word future rave in it he put that in. we should, we should bring this up after a pod people have seen this I need to see this we, we, this you, is honestly yeah, blowing my mind this is crazy yeah, this is crazy just like last week or whatever and then he put that into a, a voice audio AI software and that, he said, I just didn't realise how good it sounded. And he's playing it at raves now. What I'd be interested to see is, because I, I, I mean, it's so clever, this, I could be completely wrong, but with the script, because there is a, a, a structure, you give it parameters, it, it does so forth. 
and then you go back in there and go, well, this doesn't quite work, this works. You tweak it. You can tweak it, it, yeah. It gives, it gives you a, a foundation to work Yeah, with. it depends what idea you've got. I mean, you know... You've when, already got one. We know, we're talking, yeah. we know the idea now. It's when, when, like when Andy, who loves animals, who... <laughs> Pornography in 1999, WWE. <laughs> yeah. But when I, you know, when I don't go, I don't write unless I've got... When I go into writing, I have a really structured idea in my brain. I, I, I literally have to write yeah. to get it out of my brain. So, Do you, you know, pre before we put pen to paper fingers to keys do you do you structure out like the post is going like hey, this is the first thing this is the second thing not really i mean i've just um i've got a i've got an option on a on a on a mafia book so a lot of that is based off a book for example and then i go free form and then anything i write fresh i'll have the idea i'll have a deck i'll have a visual image and a scene a scenery of the whole project in my mind and then i just go for it but some people are different some people will have a very beginning middle and end stretch yeah. and i read save the cat and i you know it's a, it's a great book and it's it is useful if, if, if you read save the cat yeah then go and watch et really and okay. it's like beat for beat, beat after beat yeah. beat for beat no way it's yeah. et sticks to the formula yeah beat for beat most you know wow. you know a lot of films do that it's just for me it's really and that's hard pioneering to, at that that time when that first came out do you know what i mean everybody yeah. was watching it's, i think it's just the structure the structure is what the mainstream audience is, is what we used to in terms of storytelling. Like this happens and then there's a, this whatever, yeah. then, you know, yeah. I feel like Goonies was like that as well, wasn't it? Like, well, Steven Spielberg's like known for stuff like that. Like even, yeah. even like Jaws was considered like the, the, the first ever real box office film where like, you know, the masses went out to see it because of the, because of the structure and the intensity and the way he did it. So it's like, it's really interesting, but I, th I think it's, um, I think probably with all this AI stuff, you know, we're going to be in a very different, do you think AI could help in any way professional wrestling? That's a good question. In, wh in what way? I think... F I don't know. To promote, maybe maybe to like... Yeah. It might take your job away in terms of like... <laughs> do you know yeah. what I mean? Jeez, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It, it could, wow. It could be like there's a voice. Yeah. There's someone creating that that beat that you were talking about, that boom, 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 yeah, boom, yeah, boom, yeah, boom, yeah. boom, coming into, you know, these, these... You could do live commentary. You think AI could do live commentary? Yeah, I think, I think, you know, if you put into AI now, you know, um, a, a wrestler named something... You just blow my yeah, mind yeah. right now, actually, because I'm just thinking of commentators for a football match or commentary on, like, a boxing match or anything. There's now cameras on it and they are talking, taking... Be interesting to see That's how... mad. Did you, did you hear what Jordan Peterson said about... The other day about pornography with it. Go on. Keep on going back to porn. It's <laughs> <laughs> been a long day. I don't even <laughs> really long day. Yeah. Watch I, don't, I, don't really watch, I don't really watch porn, but he um, just Google <laughs> after this. Jordan, Jordan Peterson said recently that um, the, the potential of AI is, is, you know, in terms of the pornography world, it's going to really separate social engagement. He said, because at some point, very soon, you're going to be able to design and create. Oh, it's like Weird Science. A, Have you seen Weird Science? Yeah. This fucking brilliant yeah, movie. What of, a yeah. film. Design, it's design, design your, your perfect You're going to be able to design, create the perfect female who, or the perfect male yeah. who's going to be able to talk to you in the way that you want them to. And they're going to look and it's going to seem very real. A lot of people are doing it. Companies great. are doing it now. Companies are creating AI videos where it creates a person and you tell, tell the person what to say. So you don't need you or someone to stand in front of them and say, hey guys, welcome to the show. You know, today we've got There's this amazing hologram. product. Yeah. It's going to just be created. Which, look, I'm really excited about it because the 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 opportunity and the 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 things that it can generate is just like unfathomable. It's yeah. it's you know, it's it's so much stuff. But the downside is a lot of people are going to lose jobs. It's, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna kill jobs. Absolutely. Put it this way: it's like let's say if you're a CEO of a big company and you are needed in so many different places at the same time. You would have to. This AI would be able to. You can create an AI of a version of yourself. Tell them what to say, and then there's a hologram of this person in a meeting, conducting a business board meeting whilst you're doing something else. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. That's what's that's what's mad about AI. Yeah. That that can be created. I'm your you mind. I'll never get. I need to get. <laughs> when I finish this, I'm gonna go right. Just, go, yeah, just, just, just have a little play. Just you've got to play around with it. I played around with ChatGPT for a while. Now it's now it's on my computer the whole time. Like it's wow. it's a tab up that's running the whole time, just in case I need it. Or anything. If yeah, I if I'm stuck, right. I went to a birthday party the other day for my um, someone in my family, and I wrote on ChatGPT, write me a um, birthday poem about uh, this person, and it wrote it for me. Any good? Yeah. Nice. 
That's yeah. mental. Yeah, that's pretty it's crazy. If David yeah. Getty using it, yeah, exactly. This guy's gonna. Be what, um, <laughs> Andy? Like, what's what's the goals then? What's next for you? What's like, what's your what's your dream? What's like, where are you heading? Where are you feel? Where are you really comfortable in in terms of like your creative space and what? I the last few years having been able to work with WWE and work with the likes of Bellator and, and then PFL and uh, continue to work in the boxing space, particularly in this influencer boxing space, which is um, which is interesting. Being able to be part of exciting moments, that's, that's a real privilege. And I think being sort of the conduit from the fan to the, the action, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm just a privileged fan. Most of the jobs I do, right. I'm just a privileged fan. And being able to... But in the front row now. In the front <laughs> row, yeah. Um, but being able to sort of, if, if I can help elevate the emotions. Oh, yeah, we talked at the very start of this about the emotions of sport. And you know, we all tune in because we want to go on the roller coaster of watching this event, whether it's your football, your curling, or your MMA, boxing, pro wrestling. So to be able to be a part of that and tell stories, like get people excited, like who is this guy? Why should we care about this guy? Why is this? Why have you got to keep watching? Why are we going to be nervous about this? And to heighten their experience, that's a real privilege. So to keep doing that is great. But I do feel, we talk about the iceberg thing. I feel that the last few years, I've, I've, been, like, I've been so fortunate with the opportunities I've got. And I look down this year, and I, you know, some of the opportunities that are, we're discussing at the moment are fantastic, but it's just the top tip of the iceberg. There's so much more I want. Actually, it's the base of the iceberg. There's so much more I want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I love the entertainment stuff. I love doing travel things. Um, I love telling stories. And as weird as it sounds, from like a broadcaster, that's what we do. You know, mm-hmm. you're trying to tell a story to the audience at home. Um, so to continue doing that and to do that in sports, but in, in other sort of verticals as well. Do you feed off the audience where, let's oh, say, God, if yeah. they are they are hyping it up or they're dead and you feel like you need to give a bit more or when they're already hyped up, then do you just sort of the energy play you the feel, story? Like, and there's nothing like hosting a live show when you're in the O2 and there's 16,000 people going nuts and you're there and you're, again, you're that conduit from the, the arena to the people at home watching it. Mm. You get to feed off that excitement. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. This must be euphoric. And we go to WWE. So again, my background was always presenting. Um, when I first started working with WWE, I was, they got me in as a ring announcer, which I'd never done. Never done. I got asked by Michael Cole, who's the head of the announcer. He's like, have you ever ring announced? And announcing's like presenting. Yeah. And I've been in a ring interviewing boxers, doing you know, the post-fight chat. So I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolute rubbish. Absolute rubbish. <laughs> But that was my door into WWE. Yeah. So I got to do that. And basically ring announcer on TV, seeing, oh, you know, making his way to the ring, so-and-so. But in between the matches, you're the hype person. Yeah. You go out, you're, you're, you're emceeing the entire live event. You go out there, you welcome people, you get to interact with people. And doing that was something that gives you a real buzz. Yeah. Because it's, you know, these fans are so amazing. To go out there and build a relationship with them, get them to pop, get them to cheer, get them to do this. Yeah. That. It's, a, a, it's, it's like you're a conductor. It's a performer. Like, yeah. you know, I... I get why people, you know, who go and perform on stage, like stand-ups or whatever. That the, yeah. I feel like I get a little bit of that, a sample of that buzz. I really like what you just said about the living in the, living those moments because you know it's, it's so easy now, right, to sit at home and watch a boxing match on TV, or you can pay forty quid or or hundred quid to be there in the moment, and then that moment's gone. It doesn't, it, you know, it doesn't really come back again. And I think there's definitely a a way in society at the moment where people are just not really living in the moment and appreciating stuff and just going, that's actually like, right, do you know what? There's an event going on or there's this going on and there's a sporting event or I'm going to this wedding or whatever and I'm going to be there because that's it, it's done. And I think After I think, that, it's gone. It's, yeah. it's not coming back. Yeah, and I think that's what, as I've gone through my career, it's, it's saving real life moments yeah. in traveling. Since I've been with my, my missus, you know, she loves traveling. Yeah. And she's, mm-hmm. She almost, I was traveling before I met her. Mm-hmm. You know, while I was working, before that I travelled loads, but while I was working, you know, trying to find your feet, you, you put other things first. But I got with her and she was just like, no, we're going. We're going to Burning Man. We're, go, we're going to go to Vietnam. We're going to go Love to that. this place or this place. Yeah. She took a sabbatical for like six months. So Travelling is like... I went and jumped around to different countries. It's just yeah. those experiences, it's a bit morbid, but when you're on your deathbed, you know, I always think now, I'm like, yeah, when you're on your deathbed, you're going to look back and go, oh, I could have done that job, little thing, whatever. Or I could have had an adventure. Yeah. and that's what I'm going to tell my grandkids yeah. and, and I went here and there and everywhere traveling's yeah. like traveling's just yeah. the most um, you know it is it is the uh, use, most euphoric it's experience it's people's for, escape isn't it yeah, and I think that's a goal for me in the future like one of my early jobs was working for the uh, doing some content for the Guardian like a, it was a travel thing 
I think I did some stuff around America and some stuff around Wales, and they were cool. And I think as my career goes on, and you know, hopefully we'll see which way the, the past takes you, but doing those kind of things, those adventure things, those travel things, because as well as sport, that's the other passion. Mm-hmm. To be able to do that, that would be a real a feather in the cap, I think, to take both my passions and be able to do stuff with that. That'd be pretty cool. Taking those moments as well and then transfer it, well, sort of, you know, molding that and connecting that into appreciating life is like, I think that's kind of, you know, what everyone should aspire would you, to be. Would, would you like to document sort of those journeys and whilst you're traveling? I think, in, yeah, I mean, I think if you want to sort of uh, put your travel into your career, yeah, you either document them. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is something to be said. Yeah, well, I've been away on trips and be like, look, we should probably make some footage. We can do some stuff with this, make you know, some content and whatnot. And we, yeah, we do that sometimes, but mm-hmm. also... It's not living in the moment. No, it's not. Yeah. And it does take away. I think there's trips to be had where you go, right, I'm going to go by myself and film it, or I'm gonna, you know, we'll go with the crew and make something proper. Yeah. But it is, it is those moments. And whether you can go abroad or whether you can go you know, out of town in a couple of hours and sit on a beach, yeah. those, those moments... Their moments yeah. to be cherished. It's, you know? it's, then, then it's looking at coming back to reality and then maybe journaling that, those experiences after. Yeah. That could, you know. There's times in your life, I remember being in Thailand when I was backpacking, and there's very few times in your life where you sit there and realise this is one of those moments we're going to look back at this. You know, it's always after the fact, like, oh, I remember that time we went to yeah. here or here or here. But yeah. there's been a few times in my life where I, I've been so fortunate to be in a moment mm-hmm. and be like, shit, this, this, is, this is good. This is a moment that. I'm going to look back on and yeah. to, to be able to be there and be like, yeah, this, this is it. it. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, that's amazing. I think that's the best way. I think we should end yeah. on that. That's brilliant. Well, I was just going to say perfect. before we, uh, before we end it, we had big Mo, um, another, um, amazing presenter that's come on, on the show and he's got like his signature, uh, signature speech that he says every time he's uh, introducing somebody yeah. is there something that you have that's your signature speech your signature sort of that you've trademarked for yourself that you go right that's mine so there's two things that I've gradually been getting over so in WWE commentary yeah when there's a big moment some of the commentators have a certain thing and mine, mine was oh my word you can't really swear. Okay. And it sounds a bit, but, but, you, but you, you give it something. Like, oh my word! Oh. Like, that, that's your bit. That's, <laughs> someone's flying over. But then there was something else. So, my, my partner's uh, granddad um, was Australian. He was a guy called Jimmy Hannon. And he was, a, he was one of the first presenters in Australia. And that, right. like, the, the, the Bruce Forsyth, the Desline, and that kind of era. Okay. Just, just in, like, genuinely one of the most incredible people I've ever met. He passed away a few years ago. Right. And, um, he, you know, he was always very supportive about what I was doing. We'd always discuss things and stuff like that. And I don't know where it came from, but we're talking about, I think we're talking about my WWE ring announcing. It's like, you've got to have a catchphrase. You've got to have a catchphrase. In WWE ring announcing, it's quite, you know, when you do the announcements, there's no room for that stuff. But, you know, we're yeah. talking about it. And he was like, um, you know, let's get this party started. That should be yours. Let's get this party started. And um, I never got out in WWE, but I actually did some cage announcing for the PFL, um, Professional Fighters League, uh, last summer. And I got it out then. Well, that's the, no, that's the thing that Jake Paul is. Exactly. Yeah. So for them. Okay. So I got it out there at the start of the, the show. And I was like, yeah, I got it out. And then they, uh, they're launching PFL Europe. And they put the promo video out. Right. And it's my voice saying that the start. Okay. That. Wow. And that, you know, whether I do it every show, we'll see. We'll see if I can And what, is, what was it? Let's, let's get this party started. Right. Right. Give, us right. a, give us a little demo. Let's get this party started. <laughs> so I, don't, I, I mean, uh, I'm not, am, am I ring announcer? Yeah. It's, no, it's, no, um, it's nice. But, like it. but it, that, it's, you know, it, I always think of, of Jimmy Hannon when I do that. And yeah. like just this amazing guy who's a legend in broadcasting. Yeah. Right. Like back in the day, just an absolute legend. And, an incredible man that I got to meet for, for several years. So yeah, that, that's something that's kind of... I I, I, and I think whatever broadcasting I do, if I ever get the opportunity to get a, let's get this party started, it goes in. Yeah. Because it's a little homage to him. Yeah. Michael Buffer has, nice. uh, has that in his speech as well, doesn't he? In his little catchphrase. He's, he, before his build-up where he says... Let's, let's get ready to rumble. Let's, let's get, get ready to, to rumble. Yeah, 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 but before that, he does say, let's get this party started. Does he? Yeah, he does. Oh, okay. I've heard him say oh, it. Oh, start of a mim. <laughs> well, that's it. You yeah. Can, can, but it's, but it's that, yeah, he's got yours. the rumble thing and everyone's got their own little thing. You know yeah. what I think that is? I think, I think that's if they can't afford to pay him for... Yeah, maybe it is. That's, yeah, that's probably why. Because he gets... Um, oh, I see what you're saying. He gets one million every word. It's, it, I swear. No, he doesn't. No? I okay. He does. 
Anyway, huh? Google it. That's what it says on Google. It, does, it says apparently well, when, he, when he says it, he gets w- WCW, a wrestling organization, back yeah. in the day because they were just throwing cash out. Like yeah. back in, I think it was the mid '90s, early '90s, maybe. And they got Buffer on every Monday night to do this thing. There was a rumor he was getting paid a million bucks for that. I don't know. I've been told. Yeah. I haven't seen his bank balance. I I don't know if he gets paid a million quid each show. It's a different figure. His um. I mean, yeah, you can't go by if Google. If he does, his, great, his, great. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to focus more on ring enhancing from here his, on. His, his like, net worth on Google is like 500 million. And he apparently he gets 1 million per word. Uh, let's That's nuts. get ready to rumble. Yeah, five, 5 million. Crazy. Okay, right, I'm going to make some phone calls. <laughs> back in the right, what's, what's Mikey yeah. B getting paid? Yeah. What's he getting paid? <laughs> Mikey B. If he is, then all of us <sighs> are going to become ring enhancing. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Shepard, mate, thank you so much for coming Appreciate on. Appreciate it for coming Pleasure. on. Pleasure. Uh, thank you, so you for having me. Absolute pleasure. Thank Absolute you. pleasure.